This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 22nd of November. In your squiz today, a dramatic escalation in Iran, wild weather go away, young Kiwis push to vote, and living a lunar life. This is your squiz today. Claire, protests over the death of 22-year-old Iranian woman Masa Amini are continuing, and so is the Iranian government's crackdown. Two well-known Iranian actresses have become the latest to be arrested after appearing in public without their headscarves. Uh, As you mentioned, this is all in response to Amini's death that happened in September. And just to recap quickly, she was arrested by the morality police Mm -hmm. uh, for wearing her headscarf too loosely and she died in custody. Uh, Police say that she died from a heart attack, but there's widespread reports that she was severely beaten. Uh, And it sparked months of nationwide protests across the country's regime. Uh, Some say it's the biggest threat to the regime since the revolution in the 1970s. Uh, Actresses Hengame Gaziani and Katalyun Riahi uh, were arrested over the weekend for joining the protests. Uh, They're very well-known women in Iran. uh, And just before the pair were arrested on Sunday, Gaziani posted to social media, that she stands with the people of Iran. And they're not the only big names who have come out against the Iranian government, Claire. Last week, another actress, Taranay Aladusti, posted a photo of herself without a headscarf on social media. And one of Iran's national football players has also spoken out from the World Cup. Yeah, not just one of the players, the captain Mm. of the Iranian soccer team. Uh, His name is Isan Hasafi. Uh, He said that Iranians have to accept uh, that the conditions in the country aren't right and that the people aren't happy. Uh, He also joins Iran's boxing federation, Hussein Suri. Uh, He has defected from the country. Uh, He says that he can't support a system, uh, he says, and this is the quote, that so easily sheds the blood of human beings. For their part, Iran's leaders say the protests are riots that have been orchestrated by the nation's foreign enemies. Human rights groups say about 410 people have been killed in the unrest to date and 16,800 protesters have been arrested. Reports also say at least six protesters have now been sentenced to the death penalty. Claire, it feels like the Aussie weather's becoming a regular topic for us. And in the past 24 hours, the country served up weather extremes from all sides of the spectrum. Yeah, not just a regular topic for us, but for many Australians and many squizzes at the moment. Uh, if we start yesterday at the top of Queensland, there've been storms and very high temperatures in the far north. Uh, hot winds blasting Brisbane and the Gold Coast yesterday, which would have been a real treat 
street for schoolies. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, when you look at southeastern Australia, it's really shivering through a cold snap and high winds. There was even snow on the Alps and Tasmania is expecting some of that today. Uh, South Australia isn't missing out. Uh, strong winds have been back there. Uh, it's also preparing for an enormous volume of water that's coming down the Murray River. Yeah, locals in the Riverland in SA have been told to keep an eye out as waterways start to rise through there. And we probably don't have to remind anyone in regional New South Wales this, but flooding continues to be a problem in the central west and southern areas of the state. And that includes Daniloquin, where some residents are being evacuated. Our Kiwi neighbours might be on the way to dropping the country's voting age, Claire. PM Jacinda Ardern has promised to pursue a plan to change the age people can cast a ballot from 18 down to 16 years of age. So that's because yesterday the Supreme Court of New Zealand found uh, the current voting age is inconsistent with the country's Bill of Rights. Uh, It gives people the right to be free from age discrimination once they turn 16 years old. Uh, And it concludes a two-year legal case that was brought by an advocacy group called make it 16. Yeah, and that group says that younger people should be able to vote on issues like climate change because they'll be disproportionately affected during their lifetimes. But changing the voting age rules won't happen quickly. Ardern says the issue will have to be passed by the parliament with 75% support. And that's a tough ask when opposition National Party MPs don't support the plan. Claire, I know you're heading to Hawaii next week, but there's a report that will interest those with a holiday on their mind. Asia-Pacific nations are struggling to draw visitors back for holidays post-pandemic, and the blame's falling on cost-of-living pressures and China's strict COVID-0 policy. I, for one, am looking forward to supporting, I guess, our broad region with a visit (laughs) next week. Uh, But look, when you look across what's happening in Australia, uh, monthly visitor numbers are down by a million on pre-pandemic levels, and that's even affecting places that opened earlier than us to travellers after COVID. Uh, For example, in August, Bali had less than half the 600,000 visitors in the same month from 2019. Uh, What's happening is that overwhelmingly cashed up travellers are going to Western Europe. Yeah, but people heading there in the next month might be a bit disappointed at the downscaled holiday displays. Christmas markets are set to turn off some of their lights due to big energy costs and ice rinks are also being scrapped because they cost too much to run. So Bali is sounding pretty great after all. (laughs) Absolutely. So is Hawaii, by the way. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Claire, I want to say this one is futuristic, but it sounds like it's way closer than I thought. 
NASA reckons humans will be blasting off to live and work on the moon by the end of this decade. And just to recap for myself mostly, that's in (laughs) eight years' time. (laughs) It's quite an extraordinary prediction, I guess. Maybe it's a promise, I'm not entirely sure. But the head of NASA's Orion's Lunar Spacecraft Program is a guy named Howard Hugh. He says that it's going to happen certainly in this decade, uh, that people are going to be living there. He says there'll be full-blown habitats and rovers to support their work. And before you're thinking that might be an affordable place to go and live (laughs) because it's becoming very difficult to buy property here, uh, it sounds like the scientists are going to get there first because there's quite a few tests to go through and they need that skilled workforce. Yeah, and whose comments follow the launch of the Artemis 1 rocket last week? It's currently on a 25-day mission to test new systems for those human space flights that are presumably going to happen sometime soon. (laughs) Thanksgiving is coming up on Thursday, Claire, and people are being encouraged to cuddle one of the animals, which is traditionally eaten on the holiday. (laughs) Yeah, turkeys. So (laughs) turkeys are a real feature, of course, in North American homes when Thanksgiving comes around. But what those from an animal sanctuary in Los Angeles say is that they're epic snugglers, that they actually are really, really great to pick up and have a bit of a cuddle that they lean into you. So they're really pushing forward those credentials before people maybe tuck in uh, to their (laughs) turkey lunch. Yeah, I'm all for this. And it is traditional to wish people a happy turkey day after all. (laughs) (laughs) Squiz the day, Claire. The AFLW's answer to the Brownlows is being held in Melbourne tonight. Yeah, so that's on at 7.30 in Melbourne. Uh, It's the 2022 AFL Fairest and Best. Uh, They will be crowned along with the All-Australian team, uh, the Rising Star and a host of other awards. That's happening ahead of the season grand final between the Brisbane Lions and Melbourne, and that happens on Sunday. So put that in your diary in advance too. And that's us finished for today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.